everyone. I'm Rachel Poli here with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. We're on episode 126, and this week's question is, how can you write through tough mental health days? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. If you enjoy our episode, please give it a like, write a review, and share it with your friends. So... It's actually kind of ironic that we're recording this episode. Um, At the time of recording this episode, Ari and I were just having a conversation off camera about how the two of us have been slacking on our writing lately. And a lot of it has to do with mental health reasons. Uh, Sometimes writing is just hard and you get out of the groove with it and it just doesn't seem appealing. You have no motivation, no inspiration. So that's what we'll be talking about today. And when we talk about writing through bad mental health days, we don't necessarily mean you have writer's block or you're in a creative slump. Sometimes that is the case, but we're talking about, you know, those raw, rough mental health days in general, you know, as in you have a deadline coming up, you have to finish the last round of edits on your manuscript, and you just can't seem to get yourself out of bed. So what exactly do you do? My first tip is completely obvious, and that's to take a break. I mean, depending on when those deadlines are and what exactly you need to get done, you can simply just take a break for the day. We all need it once in a while to refresh our bodies and our minds. I think taking a break is a strange option. And I mean this in a very specific way. We all talk about self-care and, and like, you know, being careful with your, your, your mental health and things like that. And yet on the flip side, our whole society pushes constantly for productivity and productivity used to mean getting things done easier and you know with in simpler ways so working smarter not harder kind of thing I don't know when it changed and now honestly it seems to feel like working all the time being busy all the time and even in the writing community that kind of leaks in that if you take a break or if you take too many breaks people are like well no wonder you're not getting any writing done But in the end, your mental health is important, just like your physical health is. And if you need to take a break, if you need to take a long extended break, like a full on hiatus, that needs to be done too. And there shouldn't be any shame in that. There shouldn't be any judgment in that. And I think sometimes you can still get that judgment. But in the end, if you want to make any progress, sometimes you need to step away. Yeah, exactly. And I know when we say take a break, it's totally easier said than done as Ari just said, (laughs) but it's certainly needed and we all need to do it once in a while. And I think one of the best ways that you can like easily take a break is if you schedule in your breaks, you can schedule in breaks every day. I mean, just like a lunch break, everybody's supposed to take a lunch break. And as writers, I know I do it. I eat at my desk while I continue working. You shouldn't really be doing that. You should be taking a lunch break, whether you take some time to just sit and eat or you eat while watching a TV show or reading a book or what have you. And you should, you know, stop work at a certain time of day too. So that way, you know, on the days that you don't really feel like doing anything, if you need to push yourself because you have a deadline and you're unable to take a break that day or step away for the day, then at least you can know that, okay, I'm only going to be working from this time to that time. It's only a two or three hour slot. I can do this. And you got to just kind of hype yourself up. So I'm going to move on to my next point then, because I think Rachel covered that really well. And that is to cut yourself some slack. And by that, I mean, don't punish yourself for struggling. While things have come a long way, 
regarding mental health and everything, there is still some stigma and much of it has been internalized. So we do punish ourselves for failing to do simple things or enjoying things like writing. I mean, I've had moments and I actually kind of in the middle of it where I'm not enjoying my writing as much as I used to. Now, I know that is actually an issue with mental health right now, not that I just have stopped writing and I'm not interested in it anymore. And the problem is we mentally berate ourselves. We didn't manage to finish the word count. We haven't touched our, our story in ages. We haven't got published. We haven't sorted our marketing. There's all this stuff. And all that does is do more damage to us. And I don't think it helps if you end up on social media and you go and see all the other people and they're streaming ahead. Maybe they're publishing four or five books in a year. They're you know writing 10,000 words in a month, maybe more. Some people do a lot more than that. And you're not doing that. And what happens is you, instead of thinking, okay, I'm just in a different place. I'm just a different part of my journey. I'm having a bad time. I need to step away. What we do is we complain to ourselves. In our little heads, we sit there going, well, look how rubbish you're being. What a failure. You should have been done by now. How long does it take you to write this story? Wow, all these other people are doing so much better. And we just crap all over ourselves. Um, we need to stop doing that. We need to acknowledge that our mental health will sometimes overtake and it'll the little bad part of our brain will come out and berate us a lot but that's not helpful and it doesn't mean anything especially if you're going through a bad mental health day or time because let's be honest it doesn't usually last a day does it and because of that it's so easy to get into those spirals of bad thinking and and punishing ourselves and all that does is keep us in those bad days. That's why we talked about taking a break. Because if you take a break, you, you kind of put some of that bad talk to the back of your mind. Not fully. In which case, you need to start acknowledging that the crap you're saying to yourself is not helpful. And would you say that to somebody else? If your friend turned to you and said, I'm really struggling you know, I'm having a really tough time at the moment and I've not finished my story and I can't seem to connect with it anymore. I'm not even sure I enjoy writing anymore. And you know that they're going through some bad mental health. Would you berate them? Would you tell them that they're rubbish, that they're useless, that they really should have sorted themselves out by now? No. So why would you do it to yourself? Seriously. It's just pointless. And I, I am aware that it's easier said than done to say that because we all say it and like, yeah, it's so good. You should be thinking positive and you should you know, don't take those kind of thoughts too hard. But we all do. When you start feeling like that, you need to take a breath. You need to acknowledge that that is not the right time and that stepping away is necessary. Or that you just, whatever you're thinking, it's just a moment in time. It doesn't really reflect how you really feel. Maybe at that exact moment, but it's not the same. Like if you break your leg and you struggle to walk, most of the time it's like that's going to be temporary until it heals the same with mental health if you're looking most mental health issues will recover and resolve within a few days maybe a few weeks obviously we're not talking about the really intense mental health issues where you may need um, medication you may need to speak to doctors or therapists obviously if you're ever struggling really hard please please get help reach out to other people talk to people it is important we definitely want to make that a known. But obviously, if you have just tough days, and we all do, we all have bad mental health days, just acknowledging that that's what it is. And there's nothing wrong in the sense of, you know, your writing's not awful, your 
not being a failure for not finishing your story at the time you thought you were going to finish it things like that you just need to acknowledge those are two different things your mental health and where you are in your journey it's i mean yes they might be tied but it's not it doesn't mean you'll never move forward again that was actually a, a really nice pep talk because when you started <laughs> that i felt extremely called out because of course <laughs> i get like that all the time we all do at one point or another to all different extremes uh, but uh, yeah, everybody just listen to Ari. I, I don't really have much to add to that other than that I agree with her. And she said that very nicely and beautifully. So just, you know, clip what she just said and, uh, you know, put it in the back of your mind. I'm going to continue and say that one of the ways that you can cut yourself some slack is by watching or reading something comforting. It's so easy that when you step back to take a break, you, you do feel like if you, you do feel like that, you feel like you shouldn't be taking a break. And oftentimes I know I do it. I don't know if anybody else does it, but I just sit on the couch and I sit and I think, and I'm like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Why can't I get up off the couch? I should at least go get my laptop or a notebook or something. And I should be making progress on something, anything. And obviously that's where the cutting yourself some slack comes in. And at that point, you need something else to distract your mind and just kind of force yourself to step back and take a break. And what I do is I usually watch TV or a movie or I read something that's comforting. I'm sure we've all heard how uh, a lot of people, they'll rewatch the same TV shows over and over again because it's familiar to them. I do the exact same thing. I watch Psych all the time. I know the show by heart. I watch all the Marvel movies. Yeah, it's just, it's a nice break for me. And the funny thing is, these things are kind of motivating for me as well, because I write mystery and I, I watch Psych on TV. Even though I've seen the episodes over and over again, it kind of motivates me to get back into writing because it's a mystery detective show and I write mystery. So after a little while, my brain is like, oh, hey, we should do something like this. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I have a book that I'm writing and it'll inspire me to get back into it. And sometimes it takes a couple of days. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks, but nine times out of 10, I get back to it. That is it, exactly. Especially what you said. It's like, if you sit down and, and just sit on the sofa, you will just think about things. So by watching TV shows and movies that you've seen before, it kind of distracts you. So it stops it, it stops a lot. Let's not be, you know, it's not all, but a lot of the of the talk in your head because you're sinking into the program. And I am I'm with you all the way. I love rewatching my programs or rereading my books. And I I think mine are mostly Brooklyn Nine Nine, Parks and Rec, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Columbo and Poirot. I've, I've got like a whole series. I was I've got my Columbo and Poirot literally in DVDs next to me, and they always come out. And then for movies, I, I end up going back to like the Disney ones. Like I'll rewatch like Encanto and, and Moana and things like that. And just, but yeah. Oh, actually Marvel was, I was watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. And which other one did I watch? Oh, and the first one, the Ant-Man, the first one. I watched those recently when I was having a bad time. And yeah, it does. And it does give you a bit of a spark. If, if you're watching something that connects, like if you watch a fantasy story like if you watch Lord of the Rings because you write fantasy or if you watch like Rachel does you watch psych because you write mystery or if you if you're one of those people that enjoy watching horror and it calms you I know there are people out there like that who enjoy that sort of thing 
it can be quite inspiring. It can kind of like trigger little things that maybe if you were feeling stuck or you just weren't so sure about whether you, if you were feeling stuck or especially in mental health days, when you think, oh, everything's rubbish, everything is awful. It can kind of remind you that, no, it's not. And, you know, it can work out quite nicely. So yeah, 100% with Rachel on that. Definitely watching things. And especially if you suffer from anxiety, watching programs you've seen before is really helpful because it stops that kind of like anticipation of like what's to come. Even if you're watching a like a, a romantic comedy, if you've got really high anxiety, even that can be stressful if it's a new program. So yeah, definitely what you've already seen. And uh, I'm just going to bounce to my next point then, which is do the bare minimum. Stop expecting yourself to be on the same output as normal. If you normally write 500 words, 1,000 words or more, on a bad mental health day, your number will probably be slashed to the bone or you might not be able to write at all. If you really want to push through, give yourself a tiny goal. And I do mean like tiny, tiny goal. We're talking write a sentence, tiny goal. It might spur you on to write more, getting over that inertia. It might feel like pulling teeth just to write that sentence. If so, once it's done, get away from your desk and don't think about it again because you did that thing. You hit that one goal. I watched a video a while back of someone having a tough time with their depression and they actually reached out to some of their friends and said, like, I need you to suggest things to do so I can feel accomplished. And their friends came back with like really simple things like go out and take a photo because this person used to like go out for walks go and have a cup of tea, pick your next book to read, but don't start it, take a nap, walk to the bottom of your drive and back, things like that. These were small, manageable goals to the person, even in their rough times. And it gave them something to focus on. And there's a bit of a sense of accomplishment. I mean, let's be honest, who hasn't added simple things to their to-do list to tick them off? We've all done it. And it can actually be really helpful on a bad mental health day. So if you're struggling to think of any small goals, you could do that. You could reach out to some friends and family and be like, look, I'm having a really tough time. Is there something you could suggest I do? Some small little thing that can move me forward and make me just feel like I've done something. I actually did that recently. And my partner gave me some simple ones, which was like, you know, go and find an insect to take a photograph of, you know, eat a chocolate biscuit. I'm always down for eating chocolate biscuits. So that was a really good one. <laughs> I had to watch one movie without touching my phone. That was pretty tough, but I did manage it. So, so yeah. yeah, it's really it's weird. You're like, wow, that's a really big accomplishment because you really can't stop your hand reaching for the, I had to put it at the far end of the room to stop myself from automatically picking it up. Not even, didn't buzz or anything. I just like, I was reaching for it all the time. So yeah, it can, it can help. I mean, I can't remember who it was. I, I watched a, an interview with a guy who wrote a book and I can't remember which, who it was. And he said he journaled for like a year. And the only thing he told himself, he had to write one line in his journaling because oh, some people find journaling hard and all he had to do, one line. And he did it for a full year. And then I think he carried on, he's like 10 years in. But I thought that's it. We always assume it's like, well, you have to do this and all your goals have to be massive. It's like, no, if you're struggling, go small. You know, little steps. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This episode is helping me a lot more than I thought it would. I gotta be brutally honest. Uh, that's actually really, really good idea. I like the idea of having those tiny, tiny little goals. Because, you know, sometimes when you have a bad mental health day, people are like, go for a walk. And which 
They're not wrong. Going for a walk and getting some fresh air definitely helps. But when somebody suggests that because it's so it's so overused, it drives me nuts. <laughs> and it actually pisses me off a little bit when people are like, oh, you feel bad? Go take a walk. I'm like, no, I don't want to go take a walk. But it, it does definitely help. And what I actually did uh, just yesterday at the time of this recording, I know I'm dating myself, but yesterday was a really nice sunny day out and i just i needed a break from whatever work i was doing and i went outside and i sat on my deck i didn't even sit at the table i just sat on the ground on my deck and i had the dog with me and i just closed my eyes and soaked up the sun i was only outside for five maybe ten minutes because it was hot out but it was refreshing and it helped so just little things like that even just stepping away for five or ten minutes soak up some fresh air, get that sun, and then you can just easily step back inside and continue doing what you were doing. And to go along with um, Ari, you mentioned about journaling and just writing one sentence a day. I think I might actually try that at some point. I don't know if I'll start it anytime soon, but that's a really cool idea. And I like that because my final point was to write about your mental health. If you're really struggling and uh, you, you want to get some writing done, but you just can't seem to focus on your own book, you can write about your mental health. I think one of the best ways to keep writing through a tough mental health day is to actually write about it. Get out a journal and write through your thoughts. I know it's not working on your novel, but you're still getting the practice in while giving yourself a much needed break. And if you feel up to it, write a side short story or flash fiction with the protagonist going through what you're going through. How would they handle the situation? Not only are you getting a writing prompt in and you're still practicing, but you're also working through your own struggles. And it doesn't need to be anything for work. You don't have to publish it. You don't have to post it on your website or anything like that. It's just for you. Rachel's right. It's, I, I've actually seen a number of like blog posts where people have, have been struggling with mental health and have made a post explaining and talking about it. And I think writing about it, whether you put it out or not, it, it does help. And also if you do share it for any reason, um, it can be helpful to other people and helps to reduce the stigma of mental health issues. So, yeah. And yeah, I think you should try that journaling thing. I keep talking about it and to people, but I haven't done it yet. But the idea of one sentence, one line. Hmm, hmm, yeah, maybe it's manageable. Yeah. So I think, I think that would be that would be really interesting. And, and to see your life in 365 sentences that's yeah. kind of that's kind of cool <laughs> yeah and also because obviously you're thinking about it's one one sentence a day one line a day that means you're going to have to think about what you did all day and condense the most interesting things down to just one line mm -hmm. whereas if you write about everything it's like well i got up and i had a bit of you know i ate a piece of toast and i drank some tea and i went for a walk and it's like okay you do that every day so that's gonna be boring whereas if you're literally limited to one line or one sentence, it's like, okay, what was the most important part of the day that you want to remember a journal about? Yeah. Mm. New project idea, guys. <laughs> Here we go. Let's add more to our <laughs> Anyway, as Ari said, it, it does help when you write about, like when you post on your blog and stuff. I love reading people's uh, mental health posts because it, it does help and it shows you that you're not the only one, you're not alone and other people are struggling with similar things or the same things or slightly different things. And uh, we're, we're all supposed to be together and help one another out and fight the stigma of mental health. Hence why we're doing a podcast episode about it. 
But I think we've said everything that we can say. So we're going to turn it over to you guys. How do you keep writing through a tough mental health day? We'd love to chat about it. So tell us your answers in the comments below. And if you want more of the Merry Writer podcast, then be sure to follow us on Podbean, YouTube, or wherever you're listening. And for as little as $1 a month, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Merry Writer podcast for bonus content. It helps keep the show going. So we really appreciate the support. But in the meantime, you guys can tune in every Wednesday for a new episode of the Merry Writer podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Sticky Notes. Our walls are covered. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.